good evening to all of our HOD podcast listeners. I know I'm late, and you guys don't have to tell me. I know I'm a day late, but guess what? We are here, uh, bringing you guys another podcast. Uh, to all of those who have messaged me, to all of those who have said something to me during the course of the day, to all of those who were looking for me on yesterday and yesterday evening, to all of those who uh, have sent out your messages and your texts and your, your voicemails and all of that good stuff, trying to get in touch with me. I am just fine. Um, was traveling back from uh, a getaway on yesterday and uh, was unable to get a podcast posted for you all, but even after a trying day of work we have prepared you guys a podcast here this evening no didn't slap this thing together took the same uh time and uh with the same care as i always do to bring you guys a podcast and we have prepared something for you here on this evening so um not sure if you all are home or if you're heading into work on this evening or if you guys are sitting back relaxing in your uh, easy chair on this evening we have a podcast for you Uh, we are expecting that you all will enjoy what you have to hear on this evening Uh, we definitely have some very good music as always and a rich word from the lord so uh, you know what time it is Uh, sit back relax kick your feet up for as long as you can I hope the church socks on your feet, preparing yourself to slide in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your bathroom, or wherever you might be. So you guys know, let's get it.
Praise the Lord. Come on, stand on your feet all over, all over this building. Father, open up our eyes that we might see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Open our hearts and our minds that we might now be receptive to your word. We need your word this morning. Your word is life and we choose life. Everything that would distract us, everything that would take us off focus, remove it right now. That our only focus is hearing your word being taught your way. Stand up in your servant. Grant unto me the power that makes teaching easy. That I might teach and preach with clarity. Breathe on me breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what thou dost love and do what thou dost do. In the matchless, marvelous, majestic name of the master we pray. Amen. Take your Bibles and go to the Old Testament book of 2nd Kings, 2nd Kings chapter 5, 2nd Kings chapter 5, while you're turning there, come on, let's celebrate our pastor emeritus, father of our house, Bishop McKissick Sr., come on, let's thank God for him, let's celebrate our mother, Lady Estelle, we thank God for her, and even in her absence, let's celebrate our first lady, Lady Kim, Thank God for her. Second Kings chapter 5. I want to begin reading right at verse 1. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 1. If you got it, say I got it. If you don't, go to the table of contents. You'll find it real easy. It's right after First Kings. Second Kings. Chapter 5 verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. She waited on Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And so one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid servant that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And so he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of clothes. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel and said, Now, when this letter is come to you, behold, I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God? Do I have the power to kill and make alive that this man sends unto me to make well a man of his leprosy? Therefore, consider, I pray you, and see why he seeks to make a quarrel against me. And so it happened when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me. And he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses, with his chariots, and stood at the door of the prophet Elisha. So Elisha sent a messenger out to him and said, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will come to you again, and you will be clean. But Nathan was angry and went away and said, Behold, 
I thought surely he would come out to me and stand before me and call on the name of the Lord his God and lay his hand over the place and recover my leprosy. Are not Abana and, Par and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than the waters of Israel? Can I wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and said to him, My father, if the prophet bid thee or ask thee to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh came again like to the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. Amen. You may be seated in the very presence of our God. I want to preach this morning as the Spirit shall guide with this thought in our minds. Favored with flaws. Favored with flaws. If, if resumes had been something that were done back in the biblical day, I think I can say without fear of contradiction that none would have been more impressive than the resume of Naaman. The Bible lets us know right from the onset of our introduction to him that he was a man of great and many accomplishments he was a man who was a strategist he was a militaristic genius for syria and her king he was verse one tells us a very honorable and powerful man he was a man of integrity and character. He had led the Syrian army into many battles and great victories. He is a man who knows how to fight and knows how to win battles. The Bible even says that it was because of him, not because of the king, that God had allowed Syria to have victory. But all of a sudden, now, after all of those accomplishments, after all of those accolades, after all of this litany of honorable mention, there comes this conjunction that tries to bring, to bring a contradiction to all of his accomplishments. It lists all of his honorable accomplishments, and then it ends by saying, but... He was a leper. But as most of us know is a contravening conjunction that gives a subordinating feeling. In other words, but has the power grammatically behind it to negate everything that came in front of it. This one thing behind the but seems to cast a shadow of dispersion upon all of the accomplishments that Naaman had had in his life. It was as if they were saying to us, but he was a leper. It was as if they were sagaciously suggesting to us that what he had was bigger than who he was. It was as if they were suggesting to us that his character was wiped 
out by his condition. It was as if they were suggesting to us that the sum total of the value and worth of your life is not in what you have accomplished, but it is in the conditions you have to deal with. It is as if they were suggesting to us that everything you've done of honor can be wiped out by the power of anything you go through. It is interesting to me that this is not Naaman who writes this about himself. So that it is not, listen, it is not Naaman who is describing himself. It is someone else who is describing Naaman based on what they think about who he is. Mm, it teaches us a major lesson that we all need to learn. People will sometimes seek to disqualify you and devalue you all because of one thing they know about you. Mm, wow, I'm talking to somebody in here right now who God has blessed to do many things and yet now in spite of everything he's blessed you to do you have one thing that seems to negate everything else that's great in your life but learn the lesson of this story I don't have to say about me what you say about me because what you think about me is rooted and grounded in your own issues so that while I cannot disagree that I have what you say I have, I don't have to agree that what I have has me like you claim it does. You do not have the power and authority to define me for me. You do not have the authority and the power to determine for me the value and worth of my life. Because when you know who you are, you won't let anybody else tell you who you are. That's why it becomes important that you are rooted and grounded in godly self-confidence. Because when you know whose you are, and when you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, crowned with truth and righteousness, made just a little lower than the angels, it will not bother you when other people devalue you based on what they think about you. You can laugh it off you can walk it off you can turn away from it because you know that the only person that has the power to tell you who you are is the one that made you and the one that made you said that you are kings and queens you are heirs and joint heirs you have an inheritance isn't that good news I don't have to be what's behind the butt huh? But he's poor, but she's divorced, but she has disease, but he has cancer, but he's an ex-offender, but he can't keep a woman, but she can't keep her. Aren't you glad today? Because all of us, let's just be honest. Let's just put it on the table. Let's deal with the elephant in the room. Everybody in here got something behind the butt. Everybody in here has at least one issue, one situation, one condition that has, if 
you let it the power to disqualify your value but aren't you glad today that God has wiped away the power of conditions to determine who you are I don't determine my value based on your description of me I don't determine my value based on what the media says about me. I don't determine. That's what we need to tell our children that it doesn't matter what the media reports. We are not who they say we are. I wish I had a witness in here. We had a great time at Save Our Sons on this past Friday. Bishop John Guns bringing together over 600 young men. They had classes where they were taught life skills and then they were brought together in a, an assembly and you mean to tell me the only thing that Action News had the nerve to report was a fight that didn't happen but they couldn't report on all the great things on the altar call or anything else because the media wants to have the authority to tell us that our young boys are worthless and gangbangers and murderers but the devil and the media are liars we do not have to be what they say we are Our young boys are not gangbangers. Yes, they got problems, but we have the power to lift them up and encourage them and turn their lives around. And I don't care what the Times Union, Action News, or anybody else says. Oh, sit down. Here's the point I want to make. The writer takes the nerve to try to suggest that Nathan's worth has been devalued because of his condition. But here's what I want to say. Look at all God did through him with something being wrong with him. I thought I'd get a better shout right there. I, I, see, this sermon ain't for the perfect people. This sermon is not for y'all who've never messed up, never had a condition, never had an issue. Your record cleans, your health bill is clean, your credit is clean. You, this is not a sermon for you. You might want to come back next Sunday. This is a sermon this morning for people who can say, I got a lot of stuff that could have knocked me down. But instead of looking at what's wrong with me, I looked at all God did through me in spite of what was going on with me. And I say, I'm favored with flaws. Is there anybody this morning who knows you're not perfect, but you're usable you got conditions but God can use you you got issues but God can still bless you you've made some bad choices but God can still turn you around I'm looking for a few of y'all who can say I've got flaws but I got favor so instead of concentrating on my mistakes I look at everything God did with me through me for me to me in spite of Come on, this, this next shout, 
This next shout is not for everybody in here. This next shout is only for the folk in Bethel this morning who know you are not perfect, but God has still used you to accomplish some things in your life. This ain't for everybody, but if you know God has used you in spite of some of the stuff in your history, you ought to thank him right now that he uses you. Hey. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can get to it. Y'all sit there, I'm just talking. Um, Naaman is a great man who has leprosy. Leprosy was not only a debilitating disease, but it was a fatal disease. So Naaman is dealing with something that's killing him. Hmm. He, he is used to winning battles. Good God. What do you do when you can win every battle but the one that's going on inside you? So, oh God. Something has a hold of him that by himself he can't shake. He can't change. I mean, what do you do when you have something you want change, but you don't have what it takes to change it? Most of us, if not all of us, can think of at least one area where we feel powerless in and of ourselves to affect change. You, you've tried to adjust and address. You've come to the conclusion, I can't change this and now you're asking yourself this morning what am I going to do if this doesn't change because it's killing me it's beyond my control it's beyond my management leprosy is a skin disease that is caused by bacteria that works on a person and they can't get rid of it. it's a skin disease which means it's a flesh problem <laughs> hey <laughs> it's a it's a flesh he, he's a great man he's a man of strategy he's a man who wins battles <laughs> he's a man that's got character he's a man that has integrity he's a man of accomplishment he's a man of title and position he's a man of authority but somebody somewhere knows you can have all of that and you got something in your flesh that won't let you go. Somebody in here has a flesh problem and it's killing you and you can't shake it. Now, now, just, just, just helping us understand, leprosy is caused, listen to this very carefully, um, it, it's not, as you've heard some people maybe suggest in a very cursory and superfluous way, it is not caused simply by just touching somebody, no. Leprosy is caused, listen, by prolonged close contact with somebody who has it. You, you don't get this flesh problem by 
bumping into somebody or being in the same room with somebody. It is transferred and communicated by close, personal, continuous contact. Oh, so somewhere in Naaman's life, he, good God from Zion, this man who is next to the king and over armies and in so good with God that God has given him victory somewhere close to him is somebody he's been spending too much time with that has contaminated him. That's why you better be careful who you spend continuous time with. Because if you spend too much time continually with contaminated people, it will jump on you. Let me, let me take it further. Um, eventually, Leprosy has such an effect on you that Zella, it desensitizes you to being able to feel anything. Good God. You, you, you lose the ability to be sensitive to anything. You, you, you lose the ability to feel anything when it touches you. Be careful. Because you can get around somebody and your contact with them can so contaminate you that you catch what they have and now you don't know how to feel anything. God is moving, but you can't feel it. God is speaking, but you can't feel it. Y'all ain't talking to me. People are loving you, but you can't feel it. People are trying to help you, but you can't feel it. You've lost your sensitivity. It's not that you're wicked. It's not that you're evil. You're a great person, and God has done great things through you. You're an honorable person, but you hooked up with somebody that gave you what they got, and now you can't feel nothing. Now you got something in your flesh. Depression, discouragement, negativity, dysfunctional relationships, addiction, sexual promiscuity. Oh, y'all are quiet on me now. Here is the good news. Nudge your name, tell your neighbor, here comes some good news. Just because you can't shake it, don't mean it can't be shaken. 
See, I got a witness in here that stuff I couldn't shake by myself doesn't mean I can't shake it at all. You just got to know who to go to to shake what you can't shake by yourself. Do I have any witnesses today? Have you ever had stuff going on that you couldn't shake by yourself, but then you got in touch with the right one? And when God got a hold of you, what you couldn't shake by yourself, he helped you shake it. Now, let, let me build my argument. Naaman has flaws, but he's got favor. Because God has used him, and now God's going to cure him. Here's how I know he's got favor. When you get a chance, read the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verse 27. Because you'll find a very interesting footnote from Luke, who is a doctor. Um, Luke says, uh, from the lips of Jesus. Watch this. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elisha, the prophet. Watch this. And none of them were clean, saving Naaman. Y'all didn't get it. Jesus said, other folk had what Naaman had, but Naaman is the only one that got cured. That other people died of the thing that was trying to kill Naaman, but Naaman survived. Y'all ain't helping me. Your fate doesn't have to be what everybody else's was. I don't care if everybody in your family had it. You ain't got to have it. I don't care if everybody in your bloodline dealt with it. You ain't got to deal with it. I wish I had a witness today who can say it got them, but it ain't going to get me. It wiped them out, but it ain't going to wipe me out. I'm going to college. I'm getting a degree. I'm buying a house. I'm going to save my marriage. I'm going to raise my children. It doesn't have to end like this for me. So then, based on what Jesus said, here was my question. What made Naaman so different that he survived where other folk died? I'm going to give you a couple of quick principles and we go. Here's the first one. You must understand the power of counsel and connection. The power counsel and connection now now get that down real quick and uh oh let me just yeah, give a uh a quick advertisement um my app um if you if you have a, no this is fear if you have a droid it's already updated if you have a, an iphone it'll be updated by the end of the week uh and on, on under my app if you don't have it you need to get it if you have it it's updated already if you have a droid and so what what i'm going to do from now on is by the end of Sunday, which means, you know, by the end, by five, six o'clock this afternoon, all of the PowerPoint principles will be in the notes section of my app. So all you're going to have to do is hit notes on the app and everything. Yeah. So, you know, y'all ain't going to be blinding me shooting them with your phone up here and everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there it is right there. And uh, so, 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 after, so by the time you go to bed on Sunday night, when you get ready to re-meditate on the word, 
All you got to do is open the app, hit notes, and all the principles that were on the screen will be up there, all right? Now, listen to me very carefully. If you want to see where somebody is going, just look at who they're listening to. You want, you want to, if you want to know the direction somebody's life is taking, just, just watch who they give their ear to. Mm. See, for many of us, the problem is that we've surrounded ourselves with people who agree with us when we are in a rage. They agree with us when we're upset. They tell, that's right, child. You told them. Hmm. We, we surround ourselves with people who, listen, who don't make themselves enemies to our weaknesses. Is this on? We, you, you, you need to get from around you people who keep coming into agreement with the assessment of your anger. Quit putting people around you who fuel your fire and make you feel big and bad and justified in your feelings. You, you need somebody to agree with your blessing and not your problem. Thank you for the 25 of y'all that clap. The reason most of us can't get over the hump is because we keep dealing with folk who agree with us about our problem instead of agreeing with us for the blessing and for the healing and for the deliverance and for the breakthrough. Y'all are awfully quiet on me now because you think they're holy rollers. You, you, you think they too saved and you don't want to hear all that church language. In reality, what you are trying to hide behind is that you like playing the victim because of the attention that it gets you. So you'd rather hang out with people who agree with you and cuddle you in your feelings of immaturity. Watch the Bible. The Bible says, watch this. The Bible says that when, when Syrians went into battle, won the battle against Israel, they took with them, verse 2 says, a slave girl. The slave girl began to work for Naaman's wife. Oh, man. Now this is deep. This is, this is going to be hard for some of us. She's a slave girl. She's, she's a prisoner. They took her from her home. Made her a slave. Um, and rather than sitting around wanting Naaman to die, like most enemies would. Woo! I know y'all ain't going to like this. She's a slave. They took her prisoner. She's not one of them. They don't treat her equal. And she's watching the man that treats her deficiently die. But she doesn't wish death on him. 
she says to his wife, there's a prophet in Israel where I'm from who can deal with his problem. Please, please don't miss the favor in this. Normally, people you dog don't like you. Y'all trying to be cute this morning. Be Normally, people who treat you subservently, you ain't got much for them. But here's a good lesson for haters and egomaniacs. Here's a lesson for haters from the slave girl. She's beneath him but wants the best for the one that's above her. I know y'all ain't going to say nothing to me now. She, she works for his wife. Y'all ain't helping me now. And, and she's beneath him. But instead of running her mouth to drag him down in her insecurity, she does her part to try to help him be better because she understands her success is tied to his success. So I can't let him die because if he dies, I don't know what will happen to me. See, some of y'all better get this lesson. Instead of letting your insecurity have you hating on people and dogging people and trying to run people down, you ought to put yourself in position to try to help and be a blessing to them because sometimes your success is tied to blessing somebody else. Now, here, here's the lesson for the egomaniac. It's not in the text, but I have to believe, Bishop, the only reason she is or has a proclivity to want to see him better is because even though he's over her, he must be treating her good. Because you can't be blessed stepping on folk. I'm going to try this side of the room because y'all fake. God will never bless you stepping on people that you're over. You have to learn to treat everybody as equal, knowing that your title is not your value, your position is not your worth, the drunk is just as important as the bishop. Y'all ain't talking to me. The prostitute is just as important as the first lady. Why y'all so quiet on me? The ex-offender is just as important as the deacon. And when we learn to see each other for who we are and not for the positions we hold, we'll start treating folk better. I can't get enough help in here like I needed this morning. That's why it's shame on you coming to church and acting like you don't want to sit near certain folk because you think they ain't dressed like you and they don't smell like you. Shame on you for going to your job and looking down on the janitor, looking down on the temp worker as if you're better than them. The devil is a liar because but for the grace of God, there go I. So I better treat them 
do I have any but for the grace of God there go our saints today who can say I better treat everybody right because I'm one paycheck away I just believe that Elisha has treated her in such an endearing way that it has made her want to see him. Never look down on those who may not be where you are because God might have the revelation you need in the mouth of somebody you don't expect it from. Preach, boy. Just because they don't have your degree don't mean they can't help you. Just because they don't have your money don't mean they can't help you. Nudge your neighbor and tell them you better be careful how you treat me now. Because I might have what you need. I might have. Y'all ain't helping me. Don't sit down and don't speak to me. Don't walk out of here and don't hold the door for me. Don't say good afternoon when you walk by me. You don't know. Naaman, God, I feel my feet getting light. Naaman had the blessing of being around somebody that could speak a word of change over his life. It matters who you let speak over you. It, it matters who you let speak into you. And don't assume just because they are a slave girl that they don't have nothing to say to you. Y'all don't want to talk to me now. There are people who can bless you and they don't even have what you have. There are people who are not where you are but God has put something in their mouth. And you're going to have to be humble enough to know that God can use anybody. Let me, let me give another principle. Here's the next one. There is purpose in your placement. There is purpose. I'm talking about the little girl. Now, Naaman ain't the only one favored with flaws. Slave girl. Favored with flaws. Because she's a slave girl. It's very interesting we are never told her name. She's just slave girl. We, we aren't told much about her background, except she was an Is Israelite. She's now slave girl. No pedigree, not from a place of prominence, no prominent parents, no big degree, no name worth mentioning. She, 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 she ain't born in a subdivision. She, ain't, she didn't go to an Ivy League school. She probably can't even afford to go to college. She, she's just a slave girl. But her brief word to her boss lady brought healing and faith in God to a Syrian captain. God placed her for a purpose. 
You could look at it one or two ways. Look at it as a negative that she got captured or look at it as a positive and say, while I don't like where I am, I'm going to be faithful where God has me while I'm here. I knew I wasn't going to get many. She, she, she was faithful in the place she got placed. Listen to me. Listen to me. You don't like where you are. You can't stand where you are. You don't, you don't even understand. Why in the world you going through what you're going Hear me today. God has a purpose for you in the place where he has you. Please hear me this morning. Purpose is not waiting on you when you get breakthrough. There is purpose even in the place of your pain. There is something God can use you for even in uncomfortable places. I can't get no amens right, right, right through in here. Our job is to just be faithful in the place where we are. And it won't be long before you start walking in purpose in that place. You can be in a place you don't like and before you know it, you got joy in an uncomfortable place because joy doesn't come from place, joy comes from purpose. I'm, I'm reminded of Joseph in the house of Potiphar. He starts out working in a job beneath his potential and beneath his dream. But the Bible tells us in Genesis that Joseph goes from son to slave, from slave to convict. But the Lord kept blessing him at every stop. Because the Bible says in Genesis that no matter where Joseph found himself, he operated in a spirit of excellence in that place. Y'all don't want to talk to me now. He, he, he discovered that his success was found in his faithfulness. I, I got a question for you. Where has God put you that you don't like? Anybody can operate when you like where you are. But where has God positioned you that you're not comfortable with? And what are you doing while you're there? Complaining or walking in purpose? Trying to find a way out or walking in purpose? Mad at other folk that ain't going through it or walking in purpose? Because what you need to understand is that maybe God has you there. Watch this. Because there are other people who are going through like you are but don't have the faith that you 
you have and he wants to use you as the ocular demonstration of faith that he can bless you while you're going through he can keep you while you're going through so instead of being a bad witness be a good example hear me slave girl no matter how humble or small your position God can use you for his glory for his purpose be faithful where he has you even when where he has you is somewhere you think is beneath you here's, here's the other thing this slave girl teaches us is that all God needs in order to use you is your availability See, we try to make God like people because people want us to have all this other stuff, pedigree and connection. And God don't need all that. All God wants to know is, are you available? Because I'm a living witness. God will take your availability, touch it with his God ability, give you usability, and open up new possibility. Talk, boy. When you give him your availability, he'll give you what I call his God ability. And when he puts his God ability on you, it'll make you walk in usability. And when you start walking in usability, he's going to start opening doors of new possibility. Some of y'all got through some doors, not because you were connected, but because you were available. Some of us got blessings, not because we were connected, but because we were available. I dare you to just lift your hand and say, God, I'm available. Use me where you want to, how you want to, when you want to, why you want to. And what I don't have, you'll give me power to do. What I lack, you'll give me power. All right. I'm done. Last thing. Here it is. When you box God in, you can keep blessings out. <laughs> when you, when you box, watch the text. Tech, text says uh, that the king of Syria, in verse 5, sends a letter to the king of Israel on behalf of Naaman for his healing. Um, and it tells us there that he sent... You know, all these 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, 10 changes of clothes. He, he sent him money and sent him 10 tailor-made suits. Hmm. Hmm. And, and scholars tell us that if we were to transpose that silver into dollars, we are told it would equal about $3,840,000. Send me $3 million. I'm going to act like I can heal you. Some of y'all know, because you ain't sending three million, but you're sending 30 to the preacher on TV who put some water in, out of the water fountain in a bottle and told you they got it from the Jordan. Some of y'all know, because you're sending 30 to the preacher on TV who put some Western oil in a bottle and told you it was holy oil and you sending for the oil putting it on your lamp stand talking about it's going to do something for you it'll fry chicken but it ain't going to heal you he sent all this 
Are you kidding me? Listen to this again. Listen again. Three million. $840,000. Cain said, I can't do nothing with this. Because here was the problem. This was not something money could fix. Because I don't care what preacher you listening to. I don't care if they got 20,000 members in the Midwest. There are things in your life you can't buy with money. And one of them is a miracle. You can't buy a miracle with your money. Uh-oh. Throw all the money on the altar. A seed is not your miracle money. A seed is a contact of faith. But if you don't have faith, that seed ain't going to do nothing for you. What gets you healing is your faith. Uh-oh. Not sending your money off. Buying a miracle. Oh. So, 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 Elisha, Elisha gets word. And Elisha said, Send him to me. Because I need him to know. Y'all may have beat Israel in the battle. But there is a prophet. <laughs> in Israel. That can handle your situation. So I'm just retelling the story to give a point. So he, he shows up at the door of the house of Elisha. With all his posse. You know he's he's. He's Pastor Naaman. He got 30 members and 15 of them armor bearers. He shows up with all. <laughs> he shows up and Elisha doesn't even come to the door. Elisha sends the usher and said, um, Bishop Elisha said, go to the Jordan, dip seven times, and you will be completely clean. And um, the Bible says that Naaman got ticked. Yeah, he did. That's what the Bible says. He, he got mad because he thought, <laughs> this doesn't happen in church. This doesn't happen in church. This... This doesn't, this doesn't happen in church. This doesn't happen in church. So none, none of us can relate to this because this doesn't happen in church. He thought he deserved better treatment based on his position. That doesn't happen in church. But, so y'all can't relate to that. But he, he thought because he was so and so. That he shouldn't have to be counseled by Elder Caldwell or Dotson. She, she thought, because she's so and so, Tiffany shouldn't tell her to see Elder Zeller. 
his own. Naaman said, who does he think he is? And he obviously doesn't know who I am. That he going to send a messenger and tell me to go jump in a dirty river? That's, that's what Naaman meant when, when Naaman said uh, to him in verse 11 and 12 when Naaman started talking about there, there are cleaner rivers so not only do you not even respect me enough to come see me you send a messenger to me and tell me to jump in a dirty river Listen to me. He is upset at what he is told to do in order to get delivered. And his anger almost made him miss his miracle. Whatever you do when it comes to God, don't bring your preconceived ideas about how God's going to fix it. Oh, you don't show up with your idea of how it's supposed to take place. He up here telling me, I thought he would show up at the door. I thought he would put his hands on me. I thought he would pray for me. I thought he would speak a word over me. He too busy to talk to me. But you gonna tell me to wash in a dirty... Cure seemed too simple. It was a hero. And he expected a heroic cure. But here's what Naaman missed. And here's what preachers have missed when I've heard this story preached. The cure was not in the water. I've heard this preached in all kind of you know, spiritual overtones and dipped in the water. And seven is the number of completion. You got to keep dipping until it gets complete. All <laughs> oh, that's cute. But the cure was not in the water. The cure was in his obedience. See, it was so simple. Some of y'all missing it. There was nothing magical about the water. There was nothing magical about the number seven. But there is something miraculous about obedience. When you learn to walk in obedience, you set yourself up for miracles. When you learn to walk in obedience, you set yourself up for blessings and breakthrough. The devil is a liar. It ain't in a handkerchief. It ain't in oil. It ain't in money. But when you just do whatever God told you to do, you make way for miracles in your life. All you got to do is humble yourself and be obedient to the instructions of the Lord. And I might have a witness that when you obey the Lord, when you walk in obedience to his word, it opens up possibilities. It brings new miracles. It makes favor in your life. It's in your obedience. I'm almost done and understand obedience begins with humility you got to humble yourself
yourself. Because some of the things God is going to ask you to do don't make sense. I'm already dirty with this leprosy. And you want me to get in contaminated water to cure my contamination. But obedience means I trust that God's way is better than the way I think. I may not understand God's way of working, but I'm audacious enough to try it if that's where my blessing is. And can I tell you something? God can use the worst of conditions to your benefit if you learn to obey him. He can bless you in the worst place. If you learn to obey him That place where you think there is no blessing Can become a blessing When you walk in obedience I'm done Look at what it says It says Verse 14 He went down Dipped seven times in the Jordan According To the word of the man of God. Now I'm finna lose you. The reason the enemy tries to keep people messing up preachers is because the enemy knows if you ever start trusting in the anointing of the prophet, your blessing is on the way. Now I know about 2,000 of y'all ain't gonna say nothing right there. The reason some of y'all can't get blessed is because you won't take your mouth off me. And God is trying to teach you, take your mouth off of him. I know he's got problems. I know he's flawed. I know he ain't perfect. But there's a word in his mouth. And if you can just get past what you don't like and trust what I put in his mouth, your miracle is on the way. I'm done because y'all ain't going to shout now. If you just get past what you think, uh, you think I'm arrogant? Might be. You think I'm egotistical? Might be. You think I done messed up? Might have. But the good news is in my mouth, is the word of life and if you can get past your messiness and get past your ratchetness and come in here and say bread of heaven feed me until I want no more God has put your deliverance in the mouth of the prophet and if you just do what the prophet said you gonna get delivered high five your neighbor and tell a neighbor Take your mouth off my bishop. Your healing is in his mouth. Your deliverance is in his mouth. Your breakthrough is in his mouth. Your hanging on is in his mouth. Your managing misery is in his mouth. Your endurance is in his mouth. If you can just trust what the prophet says. Can I tell you what the prophet says? The prophet says you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. Shake somebody's hand tell them, I believe the prophet. The prophet said, I know what the doctor said, but by his stripes, you have been healed. Shake somebody's hand tell them, believe what the prophet said. The prophet said, throw up your hands and bless God. Look at somebody and tell them, do what the prophet said. The prophet said, give him praise in the middle of your problem. Look at somebody tell them, do what the prophet said. I got 
to get out of here. But I wish I had somebody who could stand on your feet and say it's time for me to get my deliverance. And it's in the mouth of my prophet. So I'm going to pray for my prophet. I'm going to lift up my prophet. I'm going to put warring angels around my prophet. I'm going to pray for his wife. I'm going to pray for his children. I'm going to pray for his health. I'm going to pray for his finances. I'm going to pray for ways weak. I'm going to pray for his flaws. I'm going to pray for his shortcomings. Because if I pray for him, God's going to use him. If I hold him up, God's going to speak to me through the mouth of my prophet. Good afternoon, Bethel. I'm going to get me some dinner. But shake your neighbor's hand and say, neighbor, pray for our prophet. Lift up our prophet. Put your hands in prayer on the prophet. Speak good words about the prophet. Walk away from negative folk talking about the prophet. Cut off folk gossiping about the prophet. Because I need a blessing too bad. And I need a miracle too much to mess up what God's trying to give me. Is there anybody in this house today that can say I'm changing my ways? I'm going to do what the prophet says because the prophet belongs to God. I'm going to be obedient to the prophet's word because the prophet belongs to God. I wish I had somebody who ain't ashamed today to say if he says it, I'm going to trust this from God. And if it's from God, I'm going to do what he says. So here go your instructions. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Open up your mouth. You might be broke, but praise him. You might be unemployed, but praise him. You might be going through divorce, but praise him. Your child might be crazy, but praise him you might be friendless but praise him you might have family disowning you but praise him because when you praise he will keep you when you praise he will hold you when you praise he will sustain you when you praise him he will fight for you when you praise him he will give you favor I dare you to lift up your hands and say I will bless the Lord at all times I ain't trying to tell you what to do but if I were you I'd start to give him praise I'd start to thank him thank you God thank you for your holiness thank you for your righteousness thank you for your omniscience thank you for your omnipotence thank you for your omnibenevolence thank you for your omnipotence thank you for your grace thank you for waking me up 
meeting my needs, showing up just in time. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for justification. Thank you for sanctification. Thank you for opening doors. Thank you for always being there. Forget about that material stuff. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you for power. Thank you for purpose. I wish I had somebody who could praise him right now. Who knows the Lord will make a way. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he fight your battles? Won't he make your enemies your footstool? Won't he give you joy and sorrow? Won't he give you hope for tomorrow? Won't he dry your tears? Won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he? And if I praise him, he will keep me. If I praise him, he will hold me. If I praise him, he will sustain me. If I lift him up, he will lift me up. If I lift him up, he will deliver me. And is there anybody in this house who can say I'm ready to get my blessing? But can I shout you? I'm better than Naaman. He had to dip in the Jordan. Get to dip in Jesus. He got dipped in the river. I got dipped in the blood. And what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. to the highest mountain it flows to the lowest valley and the blood that gives me strength from day to day it will never lose its power and I know it was the blood one day when I was lost, he died. He died. He died. On a Friday, they hung him high, stretched him wide. Died all night Friday, all day Saturday. Life-changing power, cancer-free in power, deliverance power, breakthrough power, miracle power. Say it, yeah, yeah. 
it and just go on and dance your way. I dare you to obey the prophet. Somebody get out your seat and go into your dance and dance your way through your situation. Some of you saying it don't take all that. Gonna be like Naaman, who said it ought to take more than that. Whatever the prophet says from the Lord, as crazy as it might sound, do it. prophet tells you to sow, do it. The prophet tells you to give God praise in the midst of your problem, do it. If the prophet tells you to love the person that abused you, do it. The prophet tells you to pray for your enemies, do it. It's not in the water. It ain't in the seven times. It's in obedience. Some of you have been dealing with some flesh problems. 
stuff you can't shake. Things that have contaminated your spirit. Contaminated your sensitivity. The good news is God can cleanse you of it all. Not in a river, but in blood. <laughs> the blood of Jesus woo, can make you whole, can cleanse you, and destroy any yoke that's got its grip on you. I want everybody to stand. Everybody to stand. I want everybody to stand if you're able. If you're able, I want you to stand. And I want to pray first. Hallelujah. 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 I ain't going to block my blessing messing with my prophet. I ain't going to mess up my miracle hanging around folk putting their mouth on the prophet. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. I got to be receptive. God's put word in his mouth for my deliverance. Father, this morning, I pray right now for persons who have been in the grips of a fleshly condition. It has had its grip on them. They haven't been able to shake it. But this morning we come de declaring and decreeing that today is the day where cleansing can happen. We will just be obedient to the word of the prophet who is obedient to the voice of God. Breakthrough comes our way. Miracle and healing. Now God, there are some in here this morning who've never confessed your son as their savior. They've got the worst flesh problem of all called sin. But this morning, your blood, your son's blood, can wash them and cleanse them and give them a new lease on life. So God, if they're here this morning and they've come to church but they know they've never confessed Jesus, I need them to walk down this aisle. This morning, if they're saved and they're a couple or they're a family or they're a single person and they're saved but they know they are not in a church where they are growing and where principles are being taught to them, and they know they're not. They just go to church because that's where they've always gone. That's where their family goes. It's closest to their house or for whatever reason. But they know they need a church where they can grow. God, please this morning, let them be obedient to the voice of your prophet and walk down this aisle. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, as our ministers intercessors and first steps team gets in place our greeters you don't have to wait on anything you you want to come yeah come on right now 
from wherever you are, I see you, brother. You just follow one of them right on to the back. You want to come this morning? This is your moment right now. Bless you, man. You want to come? You're in that balcony. Come to those stairs. You're on this main floor. Step out from where you are right now. Today is your day. The day is your moment. You're a family. Come as a family. You're a couple. Grab your spouse. You're a family. Grab your children. You're single. Walk by yourself. But be obedient to the voice of God through the mouth of the prophet. Today is the day you need to make your decision. Today, God bless you. I see you coming right there. I see you coming right there. Bless both of you. Bless both of you. Yeah. Come on, let's talk about that blood. It reaches. Come on, everybody. It reaches. Come on this morning. Won't you come this morning? Won't you come this morning? It flows. It flows. To the lowest. Won't you come on? From day to day. From day to day. It will never. Come on. Come on this morning. Make your walk this morning. You're on this main floor. Make your walk this morning. God bless you. I see you coming. Yeah. Come on, everybody. In reach I see you coming. I see you coming. God bless you this morning. And it flows, yeah. It flows to the Lord. Oh, yeah. Come on, the blood. God bless you. I see you coming. From there. Come on, this is your day. This is your moment. Right now. Right now. Not next week. Not Wednesday. Right now. Right now. Bless you, my brother. Come on, come on, come on. If you really believe it, say it like you mean it. It reaches. Now listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully, very closely. Nobody move, nobody get hurt unless you're coming my way. Unless you're coming my way. You're in here this morning and you know you need to make a decision. You know you need to make a choice. You know 
that if you stood before God, he would not be pleased with the way you have been managing your growth with him. Or you know this morning that if death came to you today, heaven is not your destination. You don't get to heaven because you came to church. You get to heaven because you confess Jesus as your savior and confess your sins. Hear me, if you are, trust the voice of the prophet. If you are in here this morning, in any of those conditions, treat this like it might be the last time you have and just step out right now. If you gotta step by yourself, if you gotta grab your neighbor and tell him to walk with you, be obedient to the instruction of the man of God. Walk down these aisles, walk down those stairs right now and watch how God will immediately and instantaneously begin to turn your life around. So wherever you are right now, wherever you are right now, be bold enough to trust what the man of God is telling you and begin to walk. I see you walking in the balcony. The blood, the blood, God bless you. Come on. From day. It will never, I see you coming. Yeah. I see you walking in the balcony. It's power. I see you. Yeah. Come on, everybody. Give God a mighty praise. Oh, never lose this. Still coming. Never lose this. I see you coming. Yeah. It will never lose Swim.
to drum up a praise ever again if everybody would just bring your thank you Jesus to church if you will remember to pack your thank you Jesus the praise will be automatic and I've been telling the choir all year long there's something about the old way tell your neighbor say neighbor the way you used to give the way you used to live the way you used to walk and the way you used to talk tell them we got to go back and do it all over again
right, you guys, we've come to the end of another podcast. We hope and pray that you all have enjoyed what you've heard on today. Uh, We hope that it has encouraged you, that it has uh, given you exactly what you need to help you make it through this uh, week that we are already in the process of getting through. Um, Just want to remind all of our listeners that uh, this Sunday is the first Sunday. It is not uh, the second Sunday. It is the first Sunday. Uh, Therefore, House of Deliverance will not be in service on this upcoming Sunday, but we will be back on the second Sunday of November. We hope that you all are able to make it. Uh, Again, our services begin at 10 a.m. on uh, the second Sunday and also the fourth Sunday of each month. Uh, Services, again, begin at 10 a.m. The address is 3039. Thoroughfare Road here in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and we would love to see your face in the place. So if you are free, um, have no other obligations, have nothing else that claims your attention, we would love to have you come and fellowship with us, and you are formally invited to come and do so. Um, we pray that you all have a blessed week. Uh, continue to keep um those who had lost loved ones, those who are uh, in the hospital, those who have family members that are in the hospital, uh, those that are dealing with sickness right now. Uh, We know that the flu is uh, in high gear. Um, RSV is also uh, running rampant in the streets right now. So uh, please be cautious. Um, Still take your precautions if you you can um, and try to be as safe as possible. with all of the uh, the new bugs that are running around out here in these streets. Uh, but we love you all. We're praying for you all. Continue to pray for us. And as always, we will see you on the other side. your presence leave us. God, thank you for this encounter tonight. Keep us. We are covered and protected. Hey! All right. All right. I feel a breeze. We declare these things. We decree these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Go ahead and praise him. I said go ahead and praise him.
See, God can heal. God can deliver. God can make a way. God can restore your mind. God can bless you. And we spent so many years in church praising God and hollering and shouting and crying for all the things that God can do. But I need 30 people to start dancing for what he can not do.